Welcome to another episode. And now, Dr. Aaron Bryant. One of the things is I noticed that you're also a member of American Legion. You said you reached out to others, but you were a part of a legion back in Hollywood, number 43. So, yes. And still are. Okay, so do me a favor. Let's shift gears just for a little while because I know we want to get into the organization uh, or get into the TV show. But I'm curious a little bit about, it's not too often I have a woman vet from an era as yourself. So you have parents that were veterans and then you yourself was a veteran. So can you talk and give an audience some perspective of what that was like? One as a veteran child of two parents that were vets at that time, and then transition into the story of when you were a veteran and the things that you went through as military active duty. I would love to hear a little bit more about that. Okay, very good. Well, I'm actually a Marine Corps brat and Mm -hmm. I was born in Camp Pendleton and um, my mother was... um, in the Women's Army Auxiliary Corps during World War II. And my father and my stepfather were Marine Corps lifers, if you will. They loved being Marines. Um, um, And so uh, let's see, how can I explain this? Um, When I was um, born, I was born premature. I weighed like less than two pounds when I was born. So I was in the hospital at Camp Pendleton for three months. But during that time, um, before I was born and right after I was born, my parents' marriage fell apart. And my mother fell in love with another Marine. So that was Schaefer. Schaefer is my stepfather. My real father, uh, his name is a uh, James Clarence Hoke. So by the time I was out of the hospital, my mother had already divorced my father and married my stepfather. So my stepfather raised me from the time I was six months old because my stepfather and my father, let's just say, they didn't want to have any contact with me. Well, yeah. So it was um, being um, that that without getting into a lot of real personal detail, <laughs> we had some issues growing up of being um, stepchildren. But be that as it may, um, in spite of all the drama, you know, growing up in the military. I guess I loved it because I joined it as soon as I could. And I wanted to be part of that because we never wanted for anything. We had everything we needed. Uh, My parents always had a house for us. We lived all over the United States, mainly in California, but we have lived in other parts of the, of the country. Um, um, And my parents, they were all just, they were World War II veterans. They were disabled veterans. They mm-hmm. they all had their own issues, um, and and still, in spite of that, for me joining the military, it was just a natural move mm-hmm. because I was born into it. I was raised in it. Um, it was just a natural decision, as far as that goes. Um, 
Now you're in an all woman's type military. So did you not have to deal with any kind of chauvinistic behavior? Oh no, are you kidding me? Are you kidding? Um, that was just the way it was. Ah. I mean, there was always the cat calling. I mean, you know, it's always, no matter the environment, men versus girls or women versus men or men versus, versus women, however you want to put it, there's always that that um, underlying, um, I'm not sure of the right word to say, but there's that. Um, well, you had, you had to be, I would imagine that the men probably didn't even want you in the military because they felt, there was, well, they felt that it was what? a man's thing to do. That is true. That is true. And that, and that is something that was especially true then because I went in the Army in 1968, I, I graduated from Oceana High School in 1967, and a year later, I went into the Army because my parents didn't have the money to send me to college, and I wanted mm -hmm. to go. Yeah, yeah. That's why I went in. I wanted to go, go to college on the GI Bill. Okay. Um, um, All right. So, you, so, let's, so let's move forward, and let's talk about the... Uh, you know, you obviously, like you said, you got out, used the GI Bill, went to school, came back home. You got we returned to the state of California to work at EDD. Now, when you, I'm imagining that you obviously helping veterans was the job that you got to do again when you returned to EDD. Was that your? Uh, I mean, in addition to processing uh, unemployment applications, was it kind of a dual role, or which one did you do first, or second, or third? Okay. Well, that's a great question because um, at the time, and I think they still do it this way, when you apply for the employment program representative is what the state of California calls it. Mm -hmm. In EDD lingo, it's EPR, um, employment program representative. But you can be an EPR, an unemployment insurance or disability insurance. So when I first started with EDD, I worked as an EPR and unemployment insurance. And back then, this was before computers, so everything was color-coded and done manually. Um, so people would come into the office. We would deal with them one-on-one -on -one in person up at a window. They would mail in their claims if there was a decision that needed to be made on whether somebody was eligible to collect unemployment insurance or not. Uh, an, another part of the EPR program, they had people that made those decisions and they usually had some kind of a legal background. Um, they were called determination interviewers. I never did that. I was happy to let everybody have their own employment, but there were times <laughs> when, when you can't do that because there are rules that are, you have to follow as a state, right. or, you know, so, so, <clears throat> That was okay for the time that I did it. But when I went back to the EDD my last time to do it, they put me on uh, six months probation uh, doing unemployment insurance. So after I passed that probation, they asked me if you could pick any job in the office, what would you want to do? And you know what I said to them? I always wanted to work in job service and help people get jobs. 
Well, the next week I started in job service because they didn't want to lose me. I passed the probation of the unemployment insurance. They knew that I knew the unemployment insurance because I had worked in it for years. But the ability to help people. So they put me in job service and I was like a duck to water. I'll tell you what, it was so much fun. I used to before I became a vet, I was in job service for a year before I became a vet rep. But during that year, everybody that came to my desk, I made this little file system that made no sense to anybody but me. <laughs> and I would keep the resumes. I would go home at night and right before I would go to sleep, I would all of a sudden, you know, you have, you're not awake but you're not asleep. You're like in between, you know what I'm saying? I would, all of a sudden I sit up and I say, oh my God, so-and-so is just perfect for this job. I could not wait to get to work. <laughs> you call them up and say, hey, this is Cheryl from the job service. Um, I think I found you the perfect job. And I'll tell you what, it was, that's why they made me the vet rep. Well, yeah, they, it's very rewarding. Like me, because I got so many people jobs, it's like, it's like, oh, well, you need to help the veterans. I mean, if you're going to be doing this with all these people and all these people, we got to, we got to make you a vet rep because, and when they made me the vet rep, I thought just working in job service and getting people jobs is one thing. That's a great job. But when they made me the vet rep, that job changed my life. I hope you have been enjoying the show. Well, do not go anywhere just yet. We have a continuing episode with Dr. Bryant Speaks.